Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Also, if you want updates texted to your phone about what's going on here at Journey Church, please text the phrase, My Journey to 94000. As we get ready for today's message, take a minute and share this video with someone. The small action of sharing this video on social media could be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Lately I've been really watching the nightly news. Don't seem to find the rhythm, just want to sing the blues. Feels like a song that never stops. Feels like it's never gonna. Gotta get that fire, fire back in my bones before my heart, heart turns Amen. Church, you doing okay today? All right. Man, we choose joy. Amen. Man, I love that. I love that beginning to that. That, uh, man, a lot of things going on around, but we choose joy. And so hopefully, prayerfully, you're here today and uh, you've, you've made that decision. You know what? I'm choosing joy. I know for Devin, who just went through the waters of baptism, man, is this Devin right here? Man, I'm proud of you, buddy. That's awesome. Y'all give it up for Devin. He looks different. He's got clothes on up here, man. You know, up there, he's had baptism stuff on. But anyway, man, I'm proud of you. And uh, that is exciting stuff. And so we rejoice with that. And, and, and we, we just want you to know, man, we're, we're proud of you for taking that step and going public. And there's probably other people in this room and online that need to do the same thing. So I'm proud of you, brother. He's being a leader. And so today, you know, we continue our series. We're in this series called Choose Joy. It's the study of Philippians. And so... What I want us to kind of dig into today is, man, I, I want to know Christ is what Paul is saying here. He said, man, I want to know Christ in, in, in every aspect, every possible way. He said, I want to know Christ. Now, Devin just went through the waters of baptism and what he was doing. He said, hey, I want everybody here to know that I have accepted Christ and I've received Christ. And th- so therefore, I'm a part of the body of Christ. And I am a part of the family of God. And so he is literally, because of his faith in Christ, not because of anything Devin's done, not even because he went through the waters of baptism, but because of his faith in Christ, he is now a new believer. He is now a new person. But the thing is, is he's got to grow up and mature and develop and, begin, and to understand what it means to, to know Christ. He knows him as his Savior, but now to know him as his friend and to know him as his Lord. You know, it's, it's his responsibility to kind of grow up in that. And it's our responsibility as a church to come alongside Devin and help him grow and help him mature. It's called making disciples. That's what we do, right? That's what Jesus commissioned us to do is to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a new life. And so that's what we're to be about. And so I want to know Christ. I want to know him more this week than I knew about him last week. I want to know more about him as I, as I go through life. And the more that I know about Christ, the more I rejoice. And that's what Paul says. Paul says, rejoice. No matter what you're going through. Look at what it says here in the first part of Philippians 3. 
says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. That's kind of a, a similar thing to like what you would see in the Old Testament where it says, hallelujah. He says, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your day is like, your week is like, your morning is like, rejoice. He said, man, rejoice in the Lord. He said, man, celebrate. I never get tired of telling you these things, and, and I do it to safeguard your faith. What he's saying is, hey, listen, you need to be reminded it's all about faith. You need to be reminded, I never grow, I never grow tired of telling you it's all about faith. It's about faith in Christ. It's about faith in what he has done. It's about faith in what Christ did on the cross. And so he goes, I never grow weary of doing that. And hopefully all of us have that same mentality. We, know, we never grow weary or tired of telling people it's faith. It's not works. It's not deeds. It's not religion. It's faith in what Christ has done. And so Philippians 3.1 makes it pretty clear. But look at here. Here's no confidence in the flesh. Paul goes on to talk about no confidence in the flesh. Because oftentimes what we can do is we can begin to become confident in what we have accomplished. You know, we can get proud. I don't know if you guys out there ever wrestle with pride. But we can accomplish something and all of a sudden we can kind of puff up a little bit. And we start thinking of ourselves a little too highly. If you remember last week in Philippians 2, he says, hey, listen, don't think so highly of yourselves. Consider others better than yourself. And so it's important for us to understand that, you know what, we should never put confidence in the flesh, not in what I'm able to do, but confidence only in Christ. And too often what we do is we will begin to put it in our, our education or something like that, and we start thinking maybe we're smarter than God. You know, maybe God missed it on something. There's times that we even begin to read through the Scriptures and we'll begin to question, why would God do that? Who, you know, what was he thinking? And so we let things get in the way. So here, look at what it says here in Philippians. It says, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. In other words, there are people beginning to say, hey, listen, you're not saved unless you go through circumcision. But Paul is addressing that. He goes, man, that's a physical issue. He said that you're making it about the flesh. He says, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised, the ones who have been truly changed. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could. Now, he's saying, hey, listen, if you want to, if you want to make it about, you know, what you've accomplished and what you can do in the flesh, he goes, man, I could put confidence in what I've done. He goes, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anybody could. Now, that may sound a little bit arrogant, but what he's about to say, hey, listen, I could claim that better than anybody in the room. He said, but I'm telling you, that doesn't matter. He said, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. He's following the letter of the law. Even as a baby, his parents were taking care of that. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as far as righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. What he's saying there is, hey, listen, man, I was good at being religious he was saying man i was good i was better than just about anybody he said man i, I did it all and understand you know he he was going through things even as a baby his family made sure he was a part of that and so even in his growing up he was trained and taught you know the scriptures to the point that he would have most of it memorized you know we may struggle to memorize a couple of verses they would have books books of, of the scriptures memorized and so what they would do is they would pick from among those kids who seemed to have 
this natural affinity for it, that they would be able to memorize Scripture and they would know the Bible, they would know the, the text and everything to, by heart, they would have it memorized, that they would say, hey, listen, let's move them into maybe training as a Pharisee. So the Pharisees were, like Paul said, they were the strictest. Man, they followed every letter of the law. They were religious like nobody. But that's also who Jesus often had the greatest conflict with was the religious people. And religion can be a very dangerous thing. It can cause you to miss Christ. It can cause you to miss Jesus. And so what, what Paul is saying here, hey, guys, man, I did all that. I, I, I did all He says our confidence can't be in our pedigree. Our confidence can't be in our pedigree. It's not who we are. It's not the lineage. It's not the genealogy. It's not all that. He said, man, he said, all that stuff doesn't matter. If anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Remember, Paul would be the one to take the, the message of the gospel to the Gentiles who a lot of people look down on. The Jews thought, hey, you know, they can't be a part of this. And they, he said, hey, you've missed it. This is for all people, that all might be saved. And so a lot of people wanted to put their confidence in their pedigree. You know, and maybe for some of us, we look back at, hey, well, my mom or my dad was a believer or was a Christian. You don't get passed down a relationship with Christ because of what mom and dad did. Hopefully they have lived it out. Hopefully they have been a witness to you. Hopefully you have seen their faith. Kind of like with Devin. Devin becomes a witness in his family, to his friends. And so for you, maybe you have become that and you become that. But here's the thing. You only get there because of your personal relationship with, with Christ, not because of what your mom and dad did, not because of the pedigree. Here's the other thing. We often put our confidence in knowledge. Our confidence can't be in our knowledge. I'll just learn more. You know, and the more that I learn, the more that I'll be able to, you know, to discern things. And I'll just say this. Knowledge is a good thing. I mean, I love, you know, to learn. There's always a need for us to learn. No matter how old you get, you're always learning. And you have to have, have to pray, you know, God, give me a teachable spirit. But oftentimes we see people that will get to the point of where they start thinking that they know more than Christ. They know more than God. They know more than the Holy Spirit. And so part of our problems with many of our higher education institutions right now is they've kind of they've tried to eliminate God from the equation. They'll just figure it out. We'll just figure it out. I think about it, even like in, the, in, in our medical fields. There are often times whenever medical field will be looking at something, they'll say, hey, listen, there's no way. But I'm just telling you, God is over all of that. He is over all things. And there, are, there may be a time whenever God says, hey, listen, you, may, you know, medical and science and everything may have pointed in one direction, but he is still the great healer. He is still the great physician. I remember one time a young boy had an accident when we were playing football on a Sunday afternoon after church, and, and it was a bad accident. I mean, it lit, I thought whenever he hit the vehicle, we were playing football, he just kind of got stumbling and ran into the, the hub of a car. And I thought, man, and his name was Charlie. I thought, you know, Charlie probably is going to die. He's probably going to be paralyzed if nothing else. If you'd just seen it with your own eyes, you'd have thought, man, he's in a lot of trouble. And we all gathered around. We prayed over Charlie. The little boys were sticking their hands in and praying over him. And all of a sudden, and Charlie was literally in a seizure. And all of a sudden, he pops his eyes open. He looks at me. He says, I'm going to be okay. I said, I believe you, but don't move. And I'm literally holding him together physically with just holding him together. And the paramedics get there, and they slip their hands in, and they tape him back together, and they kind of patch him up so they can fly him in a helicopter to a hospital. You know, and we're all gathered around praying, and we're in the, in the emergency room. We're praying, and we're praying for a miracle, I'll be honest with you. And uh, the, uh, the, the, the guy who walks out, the, the guy who's a neurosurgeon or whatever, walks out, and he says, Hey, guys, I want you to know that's my first miracle. 
He said, Charlie should be dead. He said, paralyzed or at least brain dead. And uh, he said, he's neither. He's got a little bit of bleeding at the top of his head. He said, we've got him stitched up. And he told us how many hundreds of stitches and staples and all the stuff it took. He said, but he's going to be fine. And we're in shock. I mean, you know, even though we're praying for this, we're in shock. We're going like, are you kidding me? And we just start celebrating. And so here's the thing is, no matter how much knowledge you have, man, God operates by faith. It's by faith in Christ. Our confidence cannot be in ourselves either. It can't be in ourselves. There are often times we, you know, we, we, maybe you were raised by a dad who taught you, hey, listen, you just got to cowboy you up. You got to grab it by the bootstraps and pull it up and let's go and keep moving. And you just got to press on. There's a time for that. I'll just tell you, there is a time that you have to keep pressing on. But if it's all about what you bring to the table and just about what, how good you are, you have missed it. Because every one of us in this room, everybody online, every one of us, have missed it by a mile. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. And we are all in need of a Savior. We're all in need of redemption. We're all in need of someone who can, can take care of this issue, this sin issue. And Jesus is the only one that can. So our confidence must be in Christ alone. This past week, I was, I was flipping through the channels and there was a, a football game on. And I don't know if you guys remember the song, In Christ Alone, but it was an incredible song. And I heard them mention Frank Reich on the, uh, the announcers were talking about Frank Reich. And, uh, and I don't even know what, what team he is the head coach of. But anyway, he's the head coach of one of the teams in the NFL. And so whenever they mentioned his name, I immediately thought back to whenever he literally led the Buffalo Bills to a, a miraculous comeback and scored, I don't even remember how many points or whatever, but he, he, he literally led the team back to this incredible comeback in the playoffs, and they ended up playing uh, the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. But Frank Wright, whenever they did the interview after the, the, the football game, he comes walking out with a piece of paper, and he begins to unfold this piece of paper, and he begins to read the words to In Christ Alone. And it is, it's still one of my favorite moments ever. And what he was doing is, hey, listen, guys, you know, I may have been throwing the ball. I may have led that. But it wasn't about me. It was what Christ can do through us. And so what he was saying, hey, it's not about myself. It's not about ourselves. He said, man, it's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ. And so he was pointing to him. He was, he was glorifying Christ in the most important moment he had ever had as a football player. He had the spotlight. And everybody wants to know about this game. And, man, he, he points everything to Christ. He says, man, in Christ alone. It was all about Jesus. That's what Paul is doing here. Look at Philippians here. Paul is saying, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. He said, man, you know, they, all this stuff, the pedigree, the, 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 the rituals, the r- rules, the, the, you know, the discipline, all that stuff I thought was important. He says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Nothing compares to that. He goes, everything else, nothing compares to that. For his sake, I have discarded everything, everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could, I could gain Christ. And what he said there, you know, in some translations, that very passage says, I consider it dung. Like, I mean, like the, the worst it could be. He says, and become, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. He says, I've discarded everything. 
He said, I've cast everything aside because nothing compares to knowing Christ. There's some of us, man, we, we still want to hang on to things. We want to hang on to those things that we go, you know what, this means a lot to me. And for some of you, maybe it's the pedigree. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the knowledge. You know, maybe it's just stuff. You know, and we, and we let that stuff get in the way of our relationship with Christ. And what Paul is saying, hey, listen, none of that stuff, nothing in this world, nothing compares to knowing him. But he says, man, I've discarded everything. And you might say, well, Mike, I've got a lot of valuables and treasures and all this. We will not take any of that with us when we breathe our last breath. We'll literally, we'll leave this world with nothing in hand. It'll only be those things that are eternal that will matter when we breathe our last breath, right? And so the thing is, is what Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, all, everything else I've discarded. Nothing else, nothing else matters but Jesus and think about this. This was a guy who, man, he was, he was zealous. He was persecuting the church. I mean, he was going after these guys. He was going to squelch this. He was going to put down this teaching called the way. He said, you know what? Not going to have it. And so he was going after it. And then he has this encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. Changed everything. Look at what it says in Galatians 2.20 here. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. God's way is Jesus. God's way is Jesus, his faith in Christ. And what Paul was saying, hey, listen, man, you know, it's, it's not about me. It's not about following the rules. It's not about following the letter of the law. It's not about doing all these things that we try to get there. But what he says, man, it's about, about faith. God's way is faith. And so God's way is Jesus. It's God's way is Jesus. It's all about Christ. It's not about rules and regulations. It's, it's God's way is faith. And, and here's the thing. It's in Jesus. God's way is faith. It's by faith that we're saved. There's no, there's no other way. Look at what it says here in Hebrews eleven six. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. We can't even please God. There's no way to please God unless we put our faith in Him. It, it says nothing about hey, making sure that hey, you do all these little do's and don'ts. Make sure you follow everything. But it says, man, we walk by faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Man, it's faith. And for many of us, we're still trying to earn it. We still want to do a little something, hopefully, that Jesus will accept us. And here's the thing, Jesus died on the cross, sat with his arms wide open and said, hey, I accept you. If you'll come to me, if you'll believe in me, if you'll trust me, if you'll put your faith in me, I'll redeem you, I'll change you, I'll transform you, and I'll use you to do great and mighty things. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, God saved you by his grace. It's God's grace. Grace is unmerited favor. I don't deserve it. There's nobody in this room that deserves salvation but because God's grace, He loves us so much, and He offers His grace, we're saved. So, it's, your God saves you by, by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. We can't say, well, this is what I've done. That goes back to ourselves. We can't say, hey, this is because of my knowledge, because I have learned so much. We, we, we can't say it's because of my pedigree, because my mom and dad were saved. But everything is based on our faith in what Christ has done. It says you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. None of us can. And so here's what I love about this whole chapter with, with, with Paul. Paul is saying, I want to know Christ. He said, man, I want to know Christ. And, and not just as, as a Savior, but, man, I want to know Him. I want to know everything about Him. You know, and and so, so the question came into my mind, 
throughout this week as I've read this, this chapter is how, how do you get to know Jesus? You know, and I think maybe some of you might be asking, how do you get to know Jesus? All right, so I have put my faith in him. I believe that he saved me. I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he has redeemed me. I believe that he has washed away my sins. I believe that he has made me new. But how do I get to know him? How do I get to know Jesus? Because I think at times we go, he lived over 2,000 years ago. I can't touch him. I can't see him. And see, understand, Paul had an encounter with him on the road to Damascus, right? And even there, Jesus blinded him with a light. And he had to go and, and he, he, he was in a, in a home for, with scales on his eyes or like scales on his eyes. And someone had to come and pray over him, speak over him. And then all of a sudden, there began to be this incredible change in who Paul was. And so the question is, how do you, how do you get to know Jesus? And so I, I started thinking through that, and I wanted to kind of hopefully help give you some things. And, and this is for me as well. Was Number one is, we need to realize Jesus is a real man that you can know. See, I think oftentimes we, we have a picture in our mind of who Jesus is, and we think of Jesus as being this, this character, if you will, who died on a cross years ago. And we forget that he was a man... With real feelings. With, I mean, he was a real man. We talked about it last week. He, whenever he came here, he became a, a man. He was fully man, but he did not empty himself of his deity. He was still fully God. So oftentimes we may say, well, he's not like us. He's different. You're right. He is, but he is like us in that he shares all the same things that we deal with. Rejection. You think about hanging on the cross as all of his followers run away. You think about Peter denying him. You think about all the religious leaders rejecting him. So he knows every emotion that we deal with. So he was fully man. And so the quicker that we realize that he was, Jesus is a real man, then we begin to think about maybe our relationship with him the way that we would with other people. Like maybe even when you pray, you pray like you're talking to someone rather than trying to do flowery prayers or whatever, but you begin to just talk to Jesus, like he's in the room with you. You know, I thought about this, you know, he, he has eyes so he can see us. You might say, well, my, yeah, but he, he, he went to heaven years ago, 2,000 years ago. He has eyes, he can see us. He has ears, he can hear us. And maybe if we were to kind of realize, you know what, that Jesus sees what I'm going through. Like a friend would see when we're going through tough times. Jesus hears my pain when I talk to him. And so he knows that I'm struggling. There are times, you know, I can even be on the phone with someone and I can tell they're going through a tough time. Or maybe they're not feeling good. Jesus got better ears than I do. There's times I can look at someone and I can see that they're heavy laden or burdened. And Jesus can see way better than I can. And so I would just ask you, do, do you see Jesus as a real person that you could get to know? Or is he some distant character that you just hope that he will let you in? And see, I want, I want you to understand what Paul is trying to get us to understand. Hey, listen, he's a real person that you can get to know. He's a real person that you can grow in relationship with. 
And he's a real person who understands and knows how we feel and what we struggle with. And so a couple of ways that we can do that is by realizing he's real. And then here's the other one is letting Jesus reveal himself through Scripture. So whenever we allow you know, Jesus to reveal himself through Scripture, if you go back and you read the Gospel of John, John says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? So Jesus left heaven. You know, he didn't empty himself of his deity. He literally put on this clothing, this, this shell, if you will, you know, called this body. And he put this on to come and dwell among us, to, to tell us, hey, it's about grace, God's grace, and it's by faith. That's how, how you're going to be saved. And it all points to me, is what Jesus is saying. He said, listen, it's all I have come that you might have life, and you might have it more abundantly. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, Jesus, I want you to reveal yourself to me. As we read through the Scriptures, as we read these passages, we begin to see who Jesus is. We begin to understand His character. You know, whenever you begin to read things about Him, you begin to understand His compassion. Whenever you begin to read those Scriptures, you also begin to see His passion. Man, He was passionate about us. He was passionate about the Father's will. He was passionate about the things that will make a difference in, 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 the, in the ideas of eternity. And so He was passionate about those things. He was not passionate about religion, but he was passionate about a relationship with God, the Father through him, that would be offered to all of us by faith. And so whenever we, we look back that we realize, look at what it says in John chapter 5 here. He says, you have never heard his voice. He's talking to some of the religious leaders again. He said, you've never heard his voice or seen him face to face. But Jesus is pretty much saying, I have, I've been there, I left there to come here. He said, you never seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe in me, the one he sent to you. And what, Je- what Jesus is saying, hey, listen, you've missed out. You've missed out on all this. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me is what Jesus is saying. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. I see, there's times that maybe some of you, that's what you're doing. You're studying the Scriptures. Man, I hope I get saved. I'm studying the Scriptures. Man, I hope I get saved. Man, I'm reading the Bible. I hope I get saved. And Jesus is saying, listen, they're pointing to me, to the person of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, listen, quit searching everywhere else. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is saying, listen, look to me. And so that's one of the ways we get to know him is by spending time in the Scriptures. We can go back to the Old Testament. And the Old Testament points to Jesus coming, the Messiah, the promised one. There's one that will literally set the captives free. There's one that will coming that will bring healing in his wings. There's one that is coming that will redeem us. He will save us. And so you, when you read in the Old Testament, you're reading about Christ. It's pointing to him. Every, every, every prophetic word that is given in the Old Testament pointing to the Messiah is fulfilled in Christ. If you go back and just do a study of that, I'm just telling you, you'll be blown away by how miraculous it is that they all line up with Christ. And then you begin to read in the New Testament. Like those words, these letters right here, this is called the red letters of Christ. If you've got a red letter edition Bible, then those are the words that are attributed to Christ and say, this is Jesus speaking. And so whenever you begin to read the, what Jesus has said, you begin to understand his person. You begin to understand his, his, his character. You begin to understand his compassion. You begin to understand who he is. And you begin to know this man called Jesus. And so the more that you read it, the more that you begin to go, you know what? Man, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves people. He cares about the details of their life. He cares about... Our salvation. He cares about where we spend eternity. He cares. 
And he's powerful too. He can overcome anything. He can defeat anything. He literally can cast out demons. He literally can conquer hell. He literally can conquer death. He literally can conquer the grave. And man, I want to know that Jesus right there. And so that's what I'm saying. We get to do it. Here's the other thing. We spend time with Jesus in prayer as you read the Bible. You're communicating with him. You're talking to him. Like I said earlier, we talk to him like he's somebody. Not just he's some distant character, but he is Jesus. He is a person. And we have a, commun- we have a, a conversation of communication with Jesus. And as we're praying and we begin to see maybe him reveal himself through Scripture, we go, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for bleeding out your precious blood on the cross. And you're having this conversation through the power of prayer. You're communicating with Jesus. And the more that we talk with people, the more we get to know him, right? And the more that Jesus will reveal himself to you through Scripture. And sometimes he'll just reveal himself through his own words. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. And the more that we spend time in His Word, the more that we spend time around Him, the more we get to know Him. Here's another one. Ask people who know Him well what He's like. You know, for some of us, maybe we don't know people real well, so we ask questions. This past week, I did a, a funeral for a, a gentleman I didn't really know. And so what I did is I sat down with the, the family and, and I asked them some questions. I said, tell me about your dad. Tell me about him. And so they began to tell me, you know, different stories and what he was like and what his personality was like. And the more that I began to understand, you know, who he was through them, I began to kind of know the man. Kind of reminds me of a, of a, you know, I don't know if you guys ever watched Andy Griffith, but there was a guy that showed up in Mayberry that seemed to know everybody. Y'all remember that scene, that, or that, that one? This guy seemed to know everybody, and he started wigging everybody out. And he was like, hey, Andy, and hey, Barney, and they're all like, who is that? And nobody knew who this guy was, and he's walking around town like he knows everybody. And so they all start kind of getting a little antsy about this, and they think this is some, some you know, this guy, you know, they want to know what's going on. So they finally get him, and he goes, man, he goes, I'd heard so much great things about Mayberry. And I had a friend that was a guy that had been there, that grew up there, that went, and he told them all about these different people. And he said, man, I just wanted to be here and be a part of it. He said, but I guess I was wrong. And I, and I think about, you know, you know what people ought to hear from us? That we talk so much about Jesus that they want what we have. And they go, man, I, I want to be a part of it. But you know what? They may hear enough. They go, you know what? Man, I just don't know if I was right or if I was wrong. So we ought to be talking about Christ. We ought to be sharing, you know, the stories of how he's changed our life. Ask people who know him, you know, what he's like. I think about, whenever I thought about this this week, I thought about, here's Paul writing about it, right? So I thought about Paul, you know, whenever he has this, this encounter on the road to Damascus, he meets Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And, and anyway, it changes Paul's life. And so Paul ends up going, and he, like I said, he's around guys who had been, you know, followers of Jesus and been the disciples of Jesus. And so they're a little bit leery because Paul has been persecuting the church, trying to kill them and have them arrested. And, and so they're a little bit leery of him. And they're, they're kind of questioning, isn't this the same you know, Saul, who was, who was persecuting us. And so anyway, so he, the scales come off his eyes, and I can only imagine that Paul is asking everybody, hey, tell me about this Jesus. Tell me about what's he like. Tell me a little bit more about him. I mean, I want to know more about him. And I can, I kind of, I kind of picture this. Imagine him sitting down with Peter. Peter was probably a re- little bit reluctant to meet with him, but finally Peter meets with him, and, and Paul asked Peter, Peter, what was it like? To step out of that boat 
and start walking towards Jesus. Whew. Peter's like, man, it was unbelievable. You wouldn't believe what it was like. We saw him walking to us on the water, and at first we thought he was a ghost, but then we realized, you know what, that's Christ. That's Jesus. Man, he's over all things. So I asked him, hey, can I come to you? And he said, come on. And I stepped out of the boat, and believe it or not, he said, man, I was walking on water. I was walking towards him. I took my eyes off him. I saw the wind and the waves, and I began to sink. And so Paul's like, what did you do? What did he do? What did Jesus do? And Peter's like, man, he reached down. He took me by the hand. He pulled me back up. He said, Peter, oh, you have little faith. And so Paul's like, so showed you mercy. Yeah, man, he showed me mercy. Showed me love. He showed me, he showed me everything that I've needed my whole life. Can you imagine that? And so here's Peter. Telling these stories one over another. Can you imagine whenever Paul said, Hey, listen, I hate to ask you about this, but tell me what it was like whenever you denied him. Peter says, Man, it was the worst day of my life. A dead gum girl was asking me about him, and I was so embarrassed, and I was so afraid they were going to kill me that I denied him, just like he said I would. Man, it was the worst day of my life. But I can also imagine Paul going, Tell me about him restoring you. Tell me about that. And Peter says, Man... It's the most awesome day of my life. He, he restored me. He empowered me. He sent me out to build his church. Can you imagine hearing those stories from Peter and the other disciples? And so Paul's just soaking it up. And here's the thing. Paul is getting to know Christ more and more and more. So what Paul is saying, hey, man, I want to know Christ. Man, I want to know him. Look at what it says here in Philippians. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Man, I want to know that kind of power. I want to suffer with him. Now, here's the thing. Most of us would say, man, I want the glory. I want the power. I want all that. But we wouldn't say I want to suffer. But what Paul is saying, hey, when I want everything about, I want to know everything about Jesus. I want to know everything about him. And maybe there's some of you that you know somebody like that. Maybe, maybe it's your spouse. Whenever you met them, you said, man, I want to know everything about them. I want to know what their favorite color. I want to know everything about them. Maybe there's a businessman that is kind of your, you know, is your mentor. And you say, man, I want to know everything about them. I want to know how they do business. I want to learn from them. Or maybe it's some athlete. Hey, I want to know how he does, you know, his skill. I want to know what he does, how he practices. And so, you know, I want to know everything about him. But what Paul is saying, man, it, it's not any of that stuff. I want to know Christ. I want to suffer with him. If me suffering makes me more like Christ, I'm willing to suffer is what he's saying. If me dying on a cross... Man, if that's what me, following Christ is about, I'm willing to die on the cross. He says, but I want to know everything about him. I want to share in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. He said, man, I want it all. I want to know everything about him. He goes, I want to know the mighty power. I want to know the mighty power of Christ. And there's some of us that we don't, we don't live with any power in our life. We live defeated lives. We even claim to be Christians, but we live defeated. Man, we're, we're, we're just kind of getting through. We're just making it through. We're just barely getting through. But Paul said, man, I want to know the mighty power of Christ. I want to know what it means to live for Him. I want Him to work in me. I want Him to work through me. I want to know the power that gives people healing. I want to know the power that restores marriages. I want to know the power that can change a person's life. I want to know everything about it. And so Paul is saying, man, I want to know Him. So let me ask you, is that your desire? Do you want to know Christ? Or you just want to be saved and maybe get in. Hey, I've got my fire insurance. Let me get in. But Paul is saying, man, we rejoice because we know him. 
We can choose joy because we know Jesus. We know him well. We know him as a person. We know the man, Jesus Christ. So here's the second one, the, the suffering. I want to know the suffering of Christ. Man, if it costs me, maybe I'm persecuted. If that makes me more like Jesus, if that spreads the gospel, if that makes the message that he died for you know, go that much further, then you know what? I'm willing to learn that as well. I'm willing to follow him in that as well. And then this last one, the resurrection. The resurrection from the dead. You know, I love it when I see someone wear a shirt that says, Dead Man Walking. See, we've all, we were all dead in our sins. We were dead in our transgressions. We, we were far from God, but Jesus came and made a way. And when someone puts their faith in Christ, like my, my brother right here, Devin, did, he becomes a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so, therefore, he has been resurrected from the dead by the power of Christ at work in us. Amen? Amen? Man, you've got to get your mind around that. And here's the thing, get your heart around it. That he lives within us and he has changed us. And if there's no change in our life, then Paul is saying something's wrong. If you're building it on religion, if you're building it on rules, if you're building it on anything other than Christ, you've missed it. And what he's saying, hey, listen, this life can be changed. This life is to be transformed and become more and more like Christ. And so what, what he is claiming and he is proclaiming to all of us, is to know Jesus, know Him personally, to know Him as your Savior, but to know the man, Jesus Christ, to know His character, to know His, his compassion, and to know what it's like to live like Him. If we don't know the man, Jesus Christ, we don't know how to follow Him. But the more that we spend time in His Word, the more that He reveals who He is, the more that we can say, I want to live like Jesus did. Here's some next steps, maybe for you today, is to accept Christ as your Savior. So you know what, man, today, I realize I've been trying to get to Jesus by being religious. I've been trying to be better, follow the rules, not do this, not do that. But today I realize it's only by faith that I'm saved. And I haven't tried faith, I've tried me. I've tried discipline. I've tried all these other things, and today I want to try Christ. And so if you're there today and you've never put your faith in Christ, let me encourage you today. Say, you know what, Jesus, I choose to put my faith in you. And I'm going to quit trying to earn it. I want to just put my faith in Christ and receive it. And if that's your prayer today, here's the thing. The Bible says you will be saved. Here's another one. To focus on knowing Jesus personally. You know, maybe for you, you say, Mike, I prayed to receive Christ years ago. I was 12 years old. I was 5 years old. I was whatever. But you know what, man, I haven't grown. And maybe it's because you haven't focused on knowing Christ. You focused on doing church. You focused on doing things rather than focusing on the man, Jesus Christ. Here's the last one. To daily read God's Word about Jesus. To daily read God's Word about Jesus. And the more that we read about Him, the more that we talk to people that know Him, the more that we learn about Him, the more that we love Him. And here's the thing, the more that we want to serve Him. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, listen, man, the more that I know about Christ, the more determined I am than ever to share the gospel. The more determined I am to literally lay down my life if I have to. But the more determined I am to do His will. And maybe that's some of you guys. He goes, you know what? I want to know Christ the way that Paul did. I want to know Christ better. And I know him right now. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes and just ask yourself, do I know Christ? Am I a believer? Have I put my faith in Christ?
Have I been saved? Or am I just religious? Because religion won't get you there. Paul made that clear. He said, all that stuff's like garbage. He said, religion is man's attempt to get to God, but Jesus was God's way of reaching us. And so wherever you are, maybe you're online or maybe you're here in the room, and you say, Mike, I've never put my faith in Christ. What's keeping you from doing that today? Then maybe today you say, you know what? I want to choose to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you forgive me of my sins? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you change me? Will you teach me how to live for you? His answer is yes. And so right where you are, just with all the faith that you have, just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life, to be my leader, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and I want to get to know you. That is my desire. The Bible says if that is your prayer, you will be saved. If you just made that decision, if you're here in the room, if you would just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in here, just say, Mike, I just prayed with you. I just prayed that prayer to receive Christ. Anybody? All right, I see your hand over here. Anybody else in the room? Thank you for the courage to raise your hand. Thank you right here for raising your hand. Anybody else? Maybe they're online. You've made a decision. Man, text us. We want to know. We want to walk with you. We want to celebrate just like we did with baptism today. And maybe for some of you, that's the next step. Is, hey, following Christ in believers' baptism. Maybe today we've got the Connect class. Maybe it's time for you to go through the Connect class and learn about the church just like we learn about Jesus. That's His bride. The church is His bride. Maybe you say, you know what, it's time for me to get connected to the church. I want to learn all I can about the church so I can be on mission for Christ. And let me tell you, if you made that decision today, we want to know, we want to walk with you. We want to walk with you on this journey. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. I thank you for salvation for these that have raised their hand. I thank you for salvation for those that are watching online. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for Paul and his passion. I thank you for his clear declaration that it is by faith and faith alone that we are saved. And Father, we thank you that we can get to know your son, Jesus Christ, the man who died for our sins and for our freedom. God, thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for such an incredible message, Pastor Mike. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it's the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you'll text the phrase, my decision, to the number 94,000, we would love to help you as you began this journey with Christ. Now we're going to bring our tithes and offering to God. I want to encourage you to trust God completely in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church Giving page. There you can return God's tithe and your offering. If you need help learning how to give online, we have several videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience.